Welcome to Texans Unfiltered. And here we go, here we go! A Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. All right, guys, welcome to another edition of Texans Bets. Uh, we are going to recap last week. We'll talk a little bit about uh, the Week 5 matchup against the Jaguars. Uh, talk a little bit about why we didn't do the Patreon parlay and then also with the player props last week. But, Kyle, how are you doing this week? I'm doing well. I mean, it was a wild, weird week to, you know, to be, al- to be alive last week, generally. But then also to, to you know, to be a, a football better with the landscape changing, the games changing days, games being canceled, player props being released late. You know, just a, a weird a weird week. Hopefully this... You know, hopefully it's not going to be weird every week, but, you know, uh, the odds are probably that we're going to have at least one or two more weird weeks like this uh, moving forward. If you were a betting man, how many more odd weeks would you get? <laughs> <laughs> I think the the over-under on the season, probably I'd put it at one and a half, um, and I'd probably take the over. <laughs> I would take the over. Do you think that there's a chance that there's they postpone the season if they have another breakout break outbreak like they did this last week? I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I have, I'm not a student of this, but what I've read is that they have like three or four like contingency tripwires in place. They can shorten the season. They can cancel bye weeks. I guess in, in order of escalation, they could cancel bye weeks. They could cancel games uh, for individual teams and then just use a record, even if teams play a different amount than the other teams. They can cancel parts of the season, so they could go to a 12-week season, for example. Um, and they could also, you know, extend or collapse the time between games. Um, so I, all of those, they have a lot of tools at their disposal, I guess is the point. And remember, there's a lot of money here. So I, I, I really doubt that they're going to cancel the season. I think they'll try their best to, to squeeze out a Super Bowl. They want a Super Bowl for sure. And let's be real, the, the NFL doesn't really care about their players. Oh, they don't. I mean, that's, you know, I, I think it's, it's clear. And unfortunately for the NFL players and the NFL Players Association, they can't really afford to care about their players either. I mean, you've got a shelf life of these players of what, three to five years three for to, most, three to four most for positions. Age. Yeah. I mean, and you, you take that shelf life away, you take a year of income away from a player. And I bet you that unfortunately the players in a situation where they can't really care about themselves either, which is a little bit of a shame, but yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about uh, our recap from last week. Uh, break it down kind of how we did. Yeah. So l- let me start to apologize about the, the pay. I didn't do a Patreon parlay and I didn't do a player prop as I promised, even though people really, really want to one. And what we're going to really try to do one this week. The reason on the player props is pretty straightforward is that e- they released just like usual. Um, some of the betting houses, the on, uh, you know, offshore betting houses release the player props on Thursday night. Most release them on Friday morning. They didn't. They held the Texans uh, player props. Um, I think on my bookie it was until late Friday night, and on the Bovada and some of the other bigger ones, not until Saturday. So they just they. they I was afraid. I, you know, James had something to do on the weekend. I was afraid they weren't going to release them at all just because of the weirdness. So I just you know I called it. Um, but we'll we'll try to do that this week. And same with the Patreon parlay. So both of those are. Those consider them live this week, and I'll make that commitment. Awesome. Okay. So week week uh, four recap. On our bets from last week. Yeah, I mean, the, we had one big bet. I mean, we were taking a big swing, um, you know, $50, $100, whatever your your, your weekly comfort level is, uh, all on the under 54 and a half. Um, and, you know, lo and behold, the total for the game, 54 points. Um, so that bet hit. Now, you know, I got a lot of emails leading up to the weekend for people where they started to see the line slip a little bit, 54, sometimes 53. I got it. At, I got half of my bet I put it in uh, at 54 and a half. And then I doubled down uh, on Sunday morning uh, at 54, which is where I got it. 
So 54, just for, you know, people that aren't familiar with vetting, if you, if it's not a half number and you can actually hit the actual number, so like 54, 55, a whole number, um, if you hit that number as a total, it pushes, which means you just get your money back. Um, and, you know, for betters, I, I never consider that a win. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's as much as a loss to me as a real loss. Cause, Cause you, you didn't know, win. Yeah. Nothing happened. You know, you want the action. Yep. Um, at 53 and a half, the under would have missed. So sorry for those folks that took it at 53 and a half, but there was actually only a small window where that happened. Uh, somewhere around Saturday, it went from 54 and a half down to 54, down to 53 and a half. And by, by game time kickoff, it went back up to 54. Um, so, you know, I, hopefully not many of you got, you know, took the 53 and a half and got the, uh, the under, but you know, as far as, as far as we're concerned with this bet, uh, and this, this podcast last Tuesday, I gave it out of 54 and a half and hit, hit at 54. So, uh, you know, two weeks in a row where we, uh, actually hit the bet. Yep. Absolutely. Um, all right. So let's get into this week. Yeah. So like uh, different uh, week for Texans. Well, fans. okay. Well, sorry. Look at my, looking at my outline. One thing to go before we, we move on from last week, it's just a little bit about odd shopping. Okay. Um, yeah. So, you know, I just went through a lot of different odds uh, or lines, 54 and a half, 54, 53. It's moving the spread, which is the point differential that you're betting on for the, for the game. Um, you know, again, just for, for non-betters, if you bet a spread of three points um, or three and a half points, if you, uh, if, as a favorite, you would need to win by four more. As an underdog, three and a half points, you could win outright or lose by as many as three. That's how the spreads work. And I would say that 80%, this is, I don't know this scientifically, but my guess is about 80% of all football betting is on the spreads. Um, there's, there's also another mechanism to bet, which is just called the money line, which is really just what you think is a traditional bet, betting on the one team to win outright versus the other. No, no handicapping or spreads involved. Um, but so, so those are the two kinds of, uh, you know, lines that we're talking about and they move, you know, as I, I covered this on a couple of podcasts ago, but the way, the way that the betting houses work, the sports books is that they, they don't really care who wins at all. What they care about is evening out the money on both sides of their bet so that they essentially are paying out the same amount of money as they're getting in minus the juice, the vig, the vigorish, the kind of the tax that you pay on every single, every single bet. That's how the betting houses make money. Um, they get screwed when, you know, an underdog, you know, hits and they have a ton of money on the underdog and they can't cover it with the, the money on the favorite. So they really want to even it out. And to do that, they move their lines around as, as betting uh, money loads up on one side or the other. Um, and so, you know, what, what you can do if you have accounts at multiple betting houses, I, I have accounts at three, four, five, uh, betting houses right now. Um, you know, you can just take a look across at them and across them and see if there's a good value. You know, if you wanted to bet the under, one of them had an under at 56 and the under uh, had an under at 55, then you take the under at 56, give yourself a point insurance. Um, and the best way that I've found is just, there's a lot of websites that do this essentially aggregators. Um, but VegasInsider.com has a pretty good one where, you can just look across and they have all the, the, the live, the, the lines up to date as of that minute. Mm. You just look across and you see if there's any difference. Um, you know, I, I do that routinely anyway, just to see how stable the line is. You know, if there's, you know, Vegas consensus that it's a one line, it's typically the same all the way across. If it's a little bit of more of a toss up and Vegas doesn't know where to put the line, you might see variations on the spread, two, three points on the over under, certainly two, three points. Um, and, and just a note on the 50, you know, we're, oh, we'll, 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 I'll save it for, for this week's bet, this upcoming bet against the Jaguars, but that line has already moved about five points. Now there's a lot of turmoil in the Texans world because of Bill O'Brien and other things. Uh, but that line has moved pretty significantly just in the, uh, you know, day and a half since it was published on Sunday night. So what was the line originally for the Jags Texans? 47 and a half points. And what was the spread? Uh, the spread hasn't moved. 
Um, okay. Yeah, so the the spread I saw maybe once at uh, five point favorites, and now there's six point favorites. Okay, and I, I I talked a little bit about this last week. That's called I call it the Vegas zone. Remember, our power numbers are three, seven, and ten. Right. So you want to cover three? That's three and a half or more. You want to cover seven, seven and a half or more. You want to cover ten, ten and a half or more. So this lines that are like four, five, and six, where you're you're between a, a field goal and a touchdown in terms of, of a differential. I don't think that they're that much difference in betting. If I was going to bet four, I'd probably bet six. Okay. Um, it, does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. To just because statistically, the you know the differential in between the the two teams in a game in the NFL is statistically higher at three, seven, and ten. Yep. Okay. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's let's get into this week. Uh, Jags take on the Texans. Uh, what are we looking at here? Yeah. So. Okay, so I, we could do this before or after, but I think before might be b- the best way to do it because okay. I think you might actually change my mind. Um, okay. So, so let, let's let's do this. Let me ask you a question and say, what is the impact of you know the the Texans are own four for people who aren't following them all along at home? Be <laughs> crazy fi- if you're listening they, to this. <laughs> that's and, uh, right. Um, but they are own four. They fired their coach. This win uh, la- or the loss last week uh, against the Vikings was, I think, very damaging. I mean, you you could. You could have justified the Ravens, Chiefs, and Steelers um, as three legitimate losses. The Vikings aren't a good team, and they're in disarray. They have injuries, so it just wasn't it wasn't a good loss. Um, they fired their coach. Moving forward, you know, so we've got uh, twelve. If it's a full season, twelve games left in the year. We're uh, you know a fourth of the way through. They fired their coach. They have a top five, top ten in the in the league running or quarterback easy. Maybe in the top four, maybe he's the fourth best new quarterback in terms of talent. Maybe he's three. Right. Um, what is the impact of the co- the fired coach and an zero and four start on betting moving forward? Does it stretch the lines out? Does it shrink the lines? How about the over under? Do the over unders explode because we feel like we're going to turn Deshaun loose? How, how how do you think it's going to play out betting wise? So it's going to be interesting to see because one thing that we don't know is what this offense will look like as far as from a play calling perspective, from a scheme perspective. Tim Kelly is the offensive coordinator. He's going to be handling all the offensive duties now. Prior to that, it seemed as if Bill O'Brien was the guy that was implementing the offense and putting in the play calls uh, and deciding what this offense would look like. You know, we've seen Deshaun in 2017. We saw a very simple offense his rookie year where he was just, they were just letting Deshaun be Deshaun. Uh, I would assume that that's going to be the case moving forward for the rest of the or season. Or revert to a Deshaun forward, Deshaun being a kind of a dual threat uh, in the air, on the ground kind of kind of quarterback. Because... Yeah, I, I think you're going to see a lot more of what you saw from Deshaun's rookie year this, the remainder of the year. I think it's going to be well, – there's a couple of reasons to think that. One, um, it's the most effective. So that just makes the most sense. Two um, – Use your talent, you mean. You've got a talented guy, use your talent. Two, yeah. Which you, begs the question why this, you know, Bill O'Brien hasn't done it for the last several years. And I know, it's, you know, listening to you guys on the Texans Unfiltered podcast, that's been an endless source of, of commentary about, you know, what, why, why aren't they turning him loose, right? And that's, that's the biggest question. But then when you, so, you know, the re, you saw success with it before. Mm-hmm. And you saw success in the sense of, I think we were averaging 33 points a game during that stretch. Yep. Um, so at this point, and then you have to look at the talent. The talent is there for Deshaun. Deshaun himself has the talent, and then you look at the weapons around him. Do we have DeAndre Hopkins? No, but we do have Brandon Cooks. We do have Will Fuller. We do have Randall Cobb. We do have Jordan Akins. We do have David Johnson. Very we do few have Duke Johnson. have gotten off this year, though, right? I mean, we, there's... Will Fuller's gone for over 100 Will, twice. Will Fuller, but Brandon Cooks... Brandon Cooks been... had under 100, uh, like 95 yards one game. Randall Cobb has eight, you know, uh, in two games. Jordan Akins has been a guy that... 
Deshaun relies on. My point was really that none of, not all of those guys at the same time have hit during a game. Correct. And so there's a lot of potential in terms of the offense for the team still. And the thing is, we all knew this offense was going to struggle at the beginning anyways because it was a new look offense. Yeah. Uh, we're four weeks in. Um, there should be some comfort with that. And then you just have to look and, I mean, base your, the talent is enough of a reason to think that the overs are going to hit more often than not. Yep. I would think the spreads will also increase because Deshaun, there's just, there's, there's stats to show even in a very bad offense over the last three years, there are times where he will excel when the playbook is opened up. Um, you know, last year against the Falcons, I believe we dropped 52. Uh, so there's been just been moments where you can see that there's there's reasons to be optimistic about what the offense will look like and, and the points. So I think from a betting perspective, um, this is going to be very interesting. Like you, we were talking before we got on, uh, you know, it was a, a five point, you know, they're five point favorites. Six point. Yeah. Or six point favorites. Yeah. I, I think that that's a good number. I, I do. I, one one thing that we've seen in, in years past in the NFL is when a head coach is fired, the other players, at least for a week or two, rally around, rally the around, right? and they the play. Yeah, they play, right. right? That's right. But I can't think of a situation where a head coach was fired and the talent was as heavy as what it is with this Texans team. Yep. I can't think of one. So just devil's advocate, a couple, a couple of questions for you. The offensive line has struggled. Um, you know, so the, the offensive line, we, we, do we know if it's good? Do we know if it's... The it, offensive it's, line is good. The coaching is awful. Okay. So Mike Devlin is a terrible offensive line coach. Okay. But was he also coaching the way that Bill O'Brien wanted him to coach? You know, what, what was happening? Well, then that's, I think that's two, uh, kind of two check marks in the bet with the Texans column, which is you've got Deshaun Watson, who obviously in his career has shown flashes of brilliance. Could, could he, if he's turned quote-unquote loose... Could he produce consistently high level of play? And then if the te- the offensive line you believe is good, but they are not they're not le- you know leading up to their potential because of the play schemes, then you have essentially two latencies, right? You have two two situations where there's there's a lot of opportunity and there's a lot of positivity, but those two things haven't been switched on yet. Well, but- yeah. So, but I would also so the offensive line is good in pass protection. They are terrible in the run game. Okay, there's nowhere for David Johnson to run. Our bet, the long, the bet at the beginning of the season of, you know, the, yeah, I think I forgot what the odds were. I think it was rushing leader. Yeah, yeah, rushing leader. It was, leader, it was, it was crazy. Yeah, those 70, are gone. Seventy-five to one. Those yeah. are gone. But those are gone because the the run scheme is just not a fit for what David Johnson is. If you just watch in, the broadcast alone, will show you that there's nowhere for David Johnson to run. This week, even the commentary from the broadcasters at the beginning of the game with the first run were bashing Bill O'Brien in a way that I've never seen a head coach bashed. So you have to think that the run game is going to be somewhat abandoned. They're going to set up the run by setting up the pass. While in years past, it's been set up the run or use the, the run op- to set the, up the, the pass. The opposite. Right, right. Now, you know, I don't think that'll be the case. I think you're going to see Deshaun Watson throw the ball a lot more. A lot of the issues came from the Texans running the ball as much as they did. Are there going to be any plays where Watson is the primary runner? Um, so it's not it's Should not a, it's not a pressure valve, but he actually the, the play is called for for Watson. We saw it before. Yeah. Um. You know he looks more hesitant this this year than he has in years past, and you have to wonder if that's a, a lot of it is around the scheme. Yeah. Does he not want to do that? You know. But um. So I think there's just too many too many positives to think that this team is just going to be exactly who they've been through four weeks. Uh. And you know I think also another thing to consider is the fact that you know Tim Kelly, the offensive coordinator, this is his first year as an OC. He's basically right now rehearsing for his next job. Yeah. 
the new coach that comes in will not keep him as the OC, no matter how great he is. It's very rare that that happens. Head coaches come in, they want their guys. That's they want their coaches. Yeah. They want what they have. So he have. needs a lot of splash. A he's going to have to splash. A small window he, of time, he's got he's to impress. He's got 12 weeks to show that he can be a creative offensive guy that could potentially land another offensive coordinating job next year. All right, all right. Well, you know, I, it's a little bit of a, like preaching to the choir, right? We, we're, we're all positive about the, about the Texans because we're listening to this Texans podcast. But those seem like legit points. I guess I'll... Just to put a, a pin in this this uh, kind of the discussion about how the head the head coach change is going to impact on betting, I this is the couple of weeks this week next week the week following maybe so three weeks where I think you will be able to tell a lot about the team. You know my my son uh, Jeremiah he's he's eight um, and he plays golf right so uh, you know he'll come home from golf camp and he'll say hey dad my driver's on uh, hey dad my my irons were on hey dad my putting was on. Um, but as amateur golfer, I've had to tell him that there's hardly any days, at least in my you know many, many years of golfing, where I put all three of those aspects of the game together at the same time, driving, irons, and, and putting. And I think that's a lot like the Texans. So, you know, can they put it all together? Can their defense be just let, let's go, go from below average to average? Can Deshaun Watson have, uh, you know, an aerial attack? And can they get the running game, you know, going? I think that they have the potential to do that. Um, but, you know, are they going to be more like a professional golfer and do all that at the same time every week and, you know, every week and be able to, you know, put the whole package together? Or are they going to be more like an amateur golfer, like my son and I, where only one of those aspects, you know, kind of meets to the challenge and the others are below average or average at best? And so I think that, you know, it, just to kind of beat this this golfer uh, metaphor into the ground, you know, I, are, are they going to be a pro golfer or are they going to be an amateur golfer for the rest of the year? Are they going to be a, a good team with that, that's a legit playoff, you know, uh, to make the playoff contender and then maybe do something in the playoffs? Or are they a bad team and they're not going to be able to put those three, you know, running run game, pass game, and defense all together at the same time? Yeah, and, you know, when you look at the this week, you know, it's a, it's a perfect tune-up matchup. You're playing the Jags. It's yep. the first division game that you've played all year, which is really important for for the standings, right? You're 0-4. The chances of you making the playoffs are very, very, very slim. Your, your, road, your road favorites, which always should give somebody a chip on their shoulder, right? Right. You know, you're going into somebody else's house. You need to play the game of your life, you know, and hopefully that they'll play the game of their life for their backup coach, um, which to your point is always true. That's a, that's a betting fa- favorite is to take after a, a coaching change to take that team to win. Um, and we're also talking about a coach stepping in who's been a head coach yeah. and has been a coach. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's been a coach for, I think, it's like Several se- teams. 37 years or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like it's being turned over to some guy who's never done this before. Right. I mean, this guy went through, I'm not sure if you remember, but he went through watching a gentleman shoot himself in the parking lot in Kansas City and had to navigate through that the rest of the season. I remember that, yeah. So... How- he knows. He he understands. And he's also been around. He's been in the building for the last seven years. He has the respect of the players. It's a totally different situation than just turning it over to some guy. And I really like your point about the offensive coordinator, you know, uh, kind of interviewing for his next job what he's these, doing. These, these couple of weeks. I, I like that a lot. It's what he's doing. And he would have had no sh- shot at all in doing this if it wouldn't not been for Bill O'Brien. Bill, this guy has no coaching pedigree whatsoever. All right. So, so with all that, let's let's take a look at this week because okay. I, I have a question for you. Um, so I, it's a the over under stands right now at fifty four. Yep. <laughs> go go figure. That's where it's hovered almost the last exactly the last three weeks. I, I like the over this week. Um, you know they if you look at just the stats, you probably would take a slight under on fifty four because kind of where they were this week. 
Um, remember they hit 54 exactly this week and the, you know, the over under started at 54 and a half. So right, right on it. Um, but I think all of those, all of those changes that you just suggested, even before I talked to you about this just now, I had the over mostly for the same reasons, which is there's always this rally around a new coach during a coaching change. A lot of people, it seems like, including Deshaun, I know he's got a contract and everything, but everybody's auditioning for something. They're auditioning to be a good football team in Houston. Um, And so up and down the the roster, I feel like there's going to be kind of an an excellent level of play or the best they can muster. So for that, I I I do like the over. Okay. I. What do you think? I think under. You? You think under? Only reason is because it's the Jags. It has nothing to do with it, <laughs> the it, other side. It has nothing to do two, with the two offense. Teams have to add up to fifty four. Good point. Yeah, Good point. you know when I'm looking at the two teams, I'm looking at this offense. This offense, you know, they're predicated on speed on the outside. Yep. In the Jags, they have DJ Shark, who is a speedster on the outside. We've done really, really well up until this last week. We were number one in like giving up deep, deep passes. Yep. In defense. So, you know, that part to me makes me think that we could do it. On top of that, our, our, our kryptonite on defense is our run defense. We've been getting gashed. We're the worst run defense in the league. If that's the case still, like – The I worst in the Cowboys? Yeah, they're the worst. They're the worst in the uh, – are, the, are the Cowboys and Texans the, the bottom two in the league? I think they're averaging like giving up like 168 yards per game. Sorry, state of Texas football. Right yeah. yeah. But when I look at this team, I look at their offense and it's predicated on the run. So, you know – you look at time of possession and, 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 and things of that nature, you know, maybe they score 14, but that's it. I, I don't see them scoring more. And then so that would mean that you would need the the Texans to score 44. Mm. That's a lot to that's ask. a lot of points. That's right. That's a lot to ask. I mean, you know, they, they could score 21. I don't know. So I thought about this, too. I thought about the, the Jaguars side, and I, what you see is essentially this binary situation where the Jaguars either can't score or they can score in, in bunches, right? And in, in that first week against the Colts, or was that the second week where they, they managed to score 30 points that game? 20, against the Colts. Against the Colts, yeah, against right, yeah. crazy bet that and, we had. And, and yeah, and Minshew. Um, he looked you know, good. Yeah, he looked good. 20. That's right. So... Maybe they're auditioning too. This is a divisional game for them. They have the Jaguars haven't decided to tank yet. You know, it seems like they're still playing. Maybe they give it this one more week and let it rip. And that's why, that's why I think I'm going to keep with the over. To, to, you know, despite what you say. No, that's fair. So let's talk about. I'm not the better. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe, you are. maybe neither am I. Um, well, not a good one at least. Um, but let, let's talk about the other side, which is the spread. Um, negative six. We just talked about. So they're six point favorites. That means that they need to win by seven points or more for that bet to hit. Um, they're playing at Jacksonville, um, so they're a road uh, a road favorite. Um, which you, there's not a great history for road favorites in the NFL. Typically, you bet, bet against the road favorite. Um, and and six points, as I just mentioned, is kind of in no man's land between a field goal and a touchdown. You know, three, four, five, six points in there. Um, so you can say, you know, will they win by a touchdown or more? It's it's likely. Here's here's what I'm going to do though, um, because I'm a little bit once bitten twice shy. We've lost a bunch of money and bets on the Texans this week. So I think I'm going to go conservative, and I'm going to recommend you do a couple of things. Um, I, I'm going to recommend you take uh, the, uh, the 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 over, so 54, the over, um, and you put let's call it two. Uh, sorry, uh, let's say you're 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 betting um, two units. Let's put one unit of betting, so let's call it fifty dollars on the Texans, uh, or sorry, the game the game total to be over 54 points. Um, on the other side, I'm going to take the money line. Um, which is just the uh, the Texans to win outright with no spread involved, and I'm going to parlay that with my other unit, so fifty or twenty five dollars, whatever whatever your units you're, you're betting in thousand, ten, one dollar, 
Um, so take one measure of your, your money, one unit of your money, and put it on the uh, over, and then put one unit of your mo uh, money on the over parlayed with the money line. And so, you know, just a, a word on hedging. You know, my, my uh, a, a longtime listener, uh, Westchester Mark, you know, he had some good advice. He recommended going over a gambling topic a week. Let's talk about hedging this week because okay. there is amount of, a certain amount of hedge here. Why not just put it all on that the parlay, right? The parlay will pay out better. But, of course, a parlay means two or more pieces of the bet, and they all need to work for that bet to hit. Um, so, you know, by taking just half of that bet, so 50 of your $100, and putting it on the over 54 points, um, you know, and then taking the other half of your bet and putting it on the parlay, if it goes over but the Texans wind up losing, um, then you, you, you know, you still walk away. And this is, you know, there's a lot of strategies. There's a lot of philosophies around hedging. Hedging is just putting money on both sides so that you walk away whole. Um, there's some clear scenarios where you want to hedge. Like if you had a, in the NBA, if you had a, um, a series, an underdog series winner um, to be five to one, you know, on the underdog, and it goes to a game seven, then you just put money. It's, that's a no-brainer. You put money on the favorite to win that game seven so that you have kind of a, you know, outlay on both sides of both sides of the equation, no matter who wins game game seven. But in betting like this, when you're betting smaller dollars and you're not betting, you know, a, a large multiple, because this, by the way, the, the, um, the, the multiple on the money line plus the over 54 points is something like 1.5. So uh, a, a $10 bet or will win $16, I think is, is the calculation. So it's not a, it's not a huge multiple there. Um, but I think that this is a wise hedge because, you know, I, I feel less good about the uh, the outcome of the game, you know, winner or loser, than I do the 54 points, just, you know, despite what you just said. I think I've done the research, and I feel pretty good about the over 54. So you put half there, you put half on the uh, the parlay. And if just the over hits, then you just about get your money back. But if both of those things hit, you, you know, you get for a $50 bet, you're going to walk away with $110. So give yourself a chance to get $110 on this bet. Give yourself a chance to get that multiple, but I, I think it's still wise to hedge on, on, on one side or the other. Of course, there'll be listeners, gamblers, who are screaming in the, you know, the radios right now saying, never hedge, never hedge, never hedge. You know, only wimps do that. That's you know, playing both sides. It's playing vanilla gambling. Um, but I think that there are some situations, in my experience at least, where hedging does make sense. Yeah, no, and I think you also have to understand that we're, we're talking to all sorts of different gamblers right now. So maybe that won't fit with you, but we may be talking to beginners who are starting and they're putting a little bit here and there in their kitty and they're trying to make this last. And if there's ways to be able to help keep this Limit going in a way. That's right. You know, you so, know it's insurance. If, if you have a chance to get it and it's, and it's affordable enough to where you aren't losing money, then you want to take that risk. It's a, it's a, great, it's a great point. So, you know, the, one of the most challenging things about this podcast, what I think one of the most fun things, is I've got listeners who tell me that they're bettors all across the board. We have people that don't bet at all, but they listen because they like the analysis as it relates to the lines and the odds. They get a, in, you know, they get a window into a how kind of bettors perceive their team, which I, I think can be useful for a fan who doesn't bet at all. We have amateur bettors or brand new bettors who, you know, that's why I keep – going over these concepts, like what's a, what does it mean to, for a spread to cover? You know, those kinds of things. I just say it every time because people have told me that they really use this podcast as a kind of a, an entry, a primer into betting. And then we have people, you know, like me or worse, more degenerate, who gamble all the time, have action constantly. So, you know, James, you're exactly right. I think that hedging the way that I just described is for somebody that has a limited kitty, you know, a limited amount of dollars that they want to bet the year and they want to make it last and string it out as long as they want. Um, we have professional bettors who, you know, as a policy, never hedge. 
especially in situations like this. So, you know, you have to kind of figure out where you want to be. Um, and I, I, I like gambling. I, I don't, you know, obviously. I don't like hedging a lot because, you know, you, you have, first of all, just when you're watching a game, it's hard to track, like, where you're going to wind up. Um, but I think that there are certain situations where you kind of like one side of a parlay a little bit more than the other. Like, I like the over 54 here. It makes sense to, to kind of put a little bit of a bet on that piece alone so that if the parlay doesn't hit both of the outcomes, you still have a chance of getting your money back. Yeah, and I also think another thing to keep in, in, in mind with hedging is just you don't know a certain person's situation financially. You know, I, I think that's one part that people tend to miss. You might be a guy who has a certain amount in your kitty that you can use throughout the year, but these people, they might be listening and trying for the first time, and, and maybe they're not in a great financial spot to be able to, Yeah, you know. I, it, I would never say never hedge. Like, the, the, that's just a dumb, the dumb idea. You have to know a lot more details about the better before you can give advice like never, ever hedge. Not all of them own a podcast that make a million dollars a year like <laughs> me, right? Uh, that's right, that's right. So, you know, uh, but no, okay, no, I think it's great. I think hedging, you know, look. I understand the concept. I understand why some people would be against it. It really kind of takes away the risk aspect of gambling, which is why people do it. It's adrenaline. It's the junk, adrenaline junkies that are a part of it. But I also understand, you know, the people that would want to. So uh, I think it makes sense. And, look, we have to look at every part of the audience. Yeah. It's not about, you know, one section. So, uh, you know, maybe in two years we'll get to a point where everybody's a professional better and we're all winning a ton of money. And then at that point we'll, we'll eliminate the hedging. It's probably still be illegal in Texas at that point. But, uh, you know. <laughs> it'll probably be illegal forever in Texas. But, you know, we live in Texas. That's the way it works. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Kyle, what else do you have? Uh, that's all. So listen to the Patreon parlay. I, you know, I, I will do a, a short player prop uh, kind of update on the Saturday morning is my target for this week. Um, you know, good, good luck for the Texans. I mean, 0-4, turning it around, maybe getting to 9-7 and and winning the, you know, the, the AFC South. That's, that's certainly a possibility. Yeah, I don't think winning the AFC South is really the worry. It's just getting that new seventh spot yeah. that they created for the playoffs. There's an additional team that's now right. in the AFC and NFC that can make it. And you're, we've seen in years past eight and eight teams get into the playoffs, and nine and seven is usually the that's usually the border. That's where it goes. So you know anything can happen. When you look at the schedule, we still haven't played any division games. We we still have the Browns, which I know people are like, oh, the Browns are so good. Yeah, yeah we say that every year. Let's yeah, let's right. see them do it yeah, for yeah. a full sixteen. You still have the Lions. You still have the Bears. So there's still some some teams on the schedule that can make you feel comfortable. Uh, and I still feel confident that we can hit that seven and a half over that we started the season with. Yeah, speaking of the seven and a half, uh, I think a sneaky way to think about the seven and a half is actually double down on it. I haven't looked at the odds right now. It's got to be high. Yeah, it's got to be high. And I feel like let let it ride. You know, put a smaller bet probably than you did in the beginning of the year, but let's still bet on seven and a half over seven and a half wins for the season. I think that uh, you know it's getting more and more to be a long shot, but I, I, I think there could be good value in betting that that line right now at this point of the season. I would agree. All right, all right, Kyle. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. We'll catch you next week. Good luck, everybody.